Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Precious D. And I am your host, Honeybee. Today's movie is Earth versus the Spider. Ooh. Or as I prefer, a few people in a small town versus the spider. Hi, yeah, seriously. <laughs> 1958, black and white, 73 minutes, Bert. I fucking Gordon is the director. <laughs> One of the stars is Ed Kemmer, Ed. who played Buzz Corey in Space Patrol. He's he's the uh, teacher, Mister hmm. Kingman. The title is Earth versus the Spider, but when The Fly, which came out the same year, was a big hit, they changed the title on the posters and stuff to The Spider. Oh. But didn't bother changing it on the film itself. <laughs> That's weird. Because Bert I. Gordon is a cheap bastard <laughs> who wants to, wants to cash in on the success of another movie, but not spend any money to re-edit his own movie. So. I mean, it probably worked. And yeah, yeah. Spider was obviously a better title. Although I'm confused. As to, yeah. I was confused because I was like, wait, we already kind of saw this movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Tarantula. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know. Don't like a little ripped off or something. I mean, I can't imagine that Bird Eye Gordon has not seen Tarantula, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which came out three years earlier. Mm -hmm. And did well. Like it was a yeah. good film. Yeah. This is a, a shittier version of Tarantula, I think. Although better than some in the other Bird Eye Gordon films we've seen, I think. Definitely better than the beginning of the end. Uh, the budget is 100000 but I have no figure on the box office. So I don't know. Size of the monster is big as a house. I think they're inconsistent with the size of the spider. Mm -hmm. But at one point, it's about as big as a house. Yeah, I thought it was cool that they filmed in the Carlsbad Caverns. They did not. They didn't? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. The death count is four, I think. And I'm going to give it a racism factor of one for no non-white people existing on the planet. Mm -hmm. Again, with the, the sexism, I don't know if I should give it a higher. It's definitely everybody's in their gender roles and nobody gets out of their lane at all mm -hmm. that seems to me like that should be higher than a one mm -hmm. but it's not aggressively it's not aggressively women are inferior or anything like that mm -hmm. which would get which would definitely be a bigger right rating but everybody does stick very much to their gender roles <laughs> they use some still photographs of carl's bad caverns I'm like, because they said it, right? Like, in the beginning that, like, I read in the, the opening credits that was, like, something, thank you, Carlsbad Caverns. Oh, maybe just thank you for permission. Thank you for sending us some photographs we could use. I, I guess so. I thought it said that it was filmed there. <laughs> I didn't notice Carlsbad Caverns in the credits, but as I was watching the movie, I said, that looks like Carlsbad Caverns. And when I was doing my research, it says that uh, still photos... So he's he's using the same trick that he used in the beginning of the end, mm -hmm. where he just puts the creature in front of a picture. He puts the mm -hmm. actual insect, well, arachnid in this case, but he puts the actual bug in front of a flat picture. And <laughs> in this one, he's taken the bo he's he's bothered to to take the time to cut out some of the picture to create the illusion of some depth mm -hmm. but all that the the outside of the cave is in california it's the same cave that's been used it's not even really a cave it's actually a tunnel <laughs> but if you shoot it at an angle it looks like a cave and it's mm -hmm. been used in numerous movies and tv shows most famously as the entrance to the bat cave oh 
in the Batman TV show, the old one. Uh, but all of those stalactites and stalagmites and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's one that we get a real close-up of, yeah. those are all just still photos. They did not go on location to Carl's Bad Caverns. That cheap bastard. Uh, I mean, it fooled you. So he did it better than when he just had the building Yeah, definitely. Postcard. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> even question it. I just saw it in the credits that they were like, Carl's Bad Caverns, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yep. Me too. <laughs> not in a long time. Yeah, same. Somebody in the credits, and I'm not sure what their job was, is named mm-hmm. Mickey Finn, which is uh, amusing. Oh, he plays Sam. Mickey Finn plays Sam Haskell. Are you not familiar with the term Mickey Finn? Uh, slipping someone a Mickey? Eesh. Okay. I'm familiar with that term. To drug somebody. To GHB a drink. <laughs> Yes. When you drug someone, you slip them a Mickey, and a Mickey is short for Mickey Finn. I think we talked about this. Drug them in that particular way of putting something in their drink. Right. So it just amused me that this guy's name was Mickey Finn. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like if somebody's name was Rufy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we start off with a, a guy driving a truck, and it's dark. It's driving a truck at night. And he looks at this little box that he's got, a little jewelry box, and it says, To Carol with Love, Dad. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously driving home to see Carol, I guess. But he's got a present for his daughter. And then he sees something, and he screams, and then blood squirts on his face. Yeah, this was like the first like kind of real gore that I think we've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> In our movies, like yeah. usually we we don't really get a lot of like fake blood moments. Right. But it's just done in such a weird way in that we don't really see like the window break mm-hmm. or anything. Just somebody has a spray bottle off camera <laughs> and sprays some blood into his face. <laughs> and then this cuts to daytime and Carol is walking to school and her apparently boyfriend, Mike, catches up with her and conveniently tells us that his he calls out carol that's how we know her name is carol and then sort of introduces himself to the audience because he's like hey this is mike what are you doing i'm like that was weird (laughs) it's me mike why why are you but she she's worried that her her dad didn't come home and mike says well you know how he is so apparently carol's father has a reputation for going on benders, getting drunk and not coming home. Because throughout the movie, people just assume that he spent his paycheck on booze mm-hmm. and is sleeping it off somewhere. Which I just found very sad because Carol is the only one that's concerned about him. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that doesn't assume he just got drunk. She clearly yeah. loves her father very much and is more upset than anybody else that he might be hurt. Yeah. And later risks her life to retrieve the present that he got her. And so I, it makes me wonder if the rest of the people are not judging him. I mean, maybe she just is in denial about what he's like, or maybe he's just different with her than everybody else. Yeah. Or 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 maybe just everybody else. Maybe he fucked up a few times and everybody else is holding it against him, but he's not mm-hmm. as bad as they present him to be. I yeah. don't know. And I don't think anybody involved in this movie has thought this through as much as I have. <laughs> uh, I just found her to be slightly tragic. But he, she says he went to Springdale to buy a present and... But Mike's like, well, this isn't the first time he's done this. And she's kind of like, fuck you, Mike. And yeah. Mike, is, Mike has brought her his own present. But she's like, fuck you and your present. Yeah. <laughs> Gives it back to him and storms <laughs> off to school. And we cut to class where a very handsome science teacher Ooh. is giving a very detailed lesson on electricity and has set up what turns out to be Chekhov's electrical arc device. Okay. I call it a Tesla coil, but I don't know that it's technically a Tesla coil. But because in the end of the movie, it turns out that this concept of the electric electrical arc mm-hmm. t- 
two electrodes throwing an arc between them turns out to be very important. Right. But as I was watching it, I was like, this is a very detailed science <laughs> lesson that they are making sure we, the audience, hear. Mm -hmm. It doesn't soften his voice and zoom in on what the kids are saying or anything like that. Yeah. They're giving us a lot of detail. But the kids start passing notes back and forth. Uh, Mike's trying to apologize. Are you still mad? She wants to know if he'll go look for dad. He, he'll borrow Joe's car. Passes the note to Joe. Can I borrow your car? How old is fucking Joe? <laughs> she, I was going to say, Joe has a car because he is a grown-ass man. <laughs> As we saw in the last movie... I mean, but it's not even like he's kind of grown. Like, it's crazy. Like He's got to be 45. Yeah, he could not pass for a high school student. All of no. the teachers, like, when a teacher tells him anything or is standing next to him, it's like, holy, he's like, like you said, he's 45. Uh, he couldn't get I, any so, for this part. <laughs> Troy Patterson plays Joe. He was born... In 1923. When was this, 58? He is 35 years old when this movie was made. Yeah, uh, much older than Steve McQueen was in The Blob. Yeah, like, wait. He's also in Attack of the Puppet People, which we'll talk about in a moment. So yeah, Joe has a car that they can borrow because he is a grown-ass man. Like it's, it's weird. And then we cut to them driving and... They're in like a sort of jalopy convertible. And they talk about how even mom thinks he drank, that he drank his paycheck. He probably ran into some old cronies and he had his paycheck with him. And then they stop because they see like some kind of rope across the road. But it's not a rope. It's kind of <laughs> sticky. And I mean, we know as the audience from the title of the movie, oh, this is like a piece of giant spider web. Web, yeah. But it looks like a rope mm -hmm. and it looks like there's some kind of accident they find some broken glass and then carol finds the little box the little jewelry box mm -hmm, the present conveniently note in the box to carol love dad mike's in denial through this whole process uh well maybe this and maybe that and whatever you know he's for some reason doesn't want to address the fact that something bad has happened to her father mm-hmm Pickup truck is in the ravine. They go to check. Yep. Dad's truck. Dad's not in it. Carol's yelling out, Dad, Dad. And Mike says, what good will that do? I do not like Mike. Yeah. Fuck you, Mike. You're annoying. Get out of here. Carol needs to dump his ass. But she won't. She'll probably end up marrying him and <laughs> having his 2.5 kids and just never having a career of her own and day drinking like her father and <laughs> <laughs> you just like your fucking father just live a life of quiet desperation because mike is a dick and mike will be clueless not realize that his wife resents him thinks he's a good husband and a good dad but is actually kind of a dick and his children will need therapy <laughs> um what the hell did i write here care stories let's look oh cave cave uh maybe he's in the cave over there maybe he went in there to get warm and she's like he he wouldn't have gone into that cave and she says or he's i can't remember which of them said it but oh i don't believe the stories about that cave and neither did he let's go look mm -hmm. there's a sign danger no trespassing do not enter mike finds dad's hat and then hides it behind his back he doesn't yeah. want to see it I think Mike is more concerned about not upsetting Carol than about finding out what happened. That's why he's constantly, well, maybe he's okay. Maybe, you know, he's trying to sugarcoat everything and he doesn't want to deal with it. And so he doesn't want Carol to see the hat and flip out, mm -hmm. which is why their marriage will be so cold and empty because he will never address his emotions and any issues that they're having. He will try to act like everything's fine throughout their lives rather than dealing with any issues that come up head on. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's some sexist, some sexist shit. He's like, all right, Carol, you better let me go. And one of them says, people go in here and never come out. Yeah, she says that. But then Carol, she acts like she's 
yeah, okay, you go. But then she follows him right in. Yeah. I was thinking in this part, too, because she's like, she's watching him go into this cave, and she's like, Mike, Mike, Mike. And she, I'm like, what are you called? What? What? Like, Carol, what? 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 <laughs> like, shit. So when she runs up to him, she's still calling him, and he still doesn't say anything for a while. And then he's what he's he says, like, what? And she's like, I don't want to be alone. It's like, okay. What are you doing, Carol? I don't know. This moment really just, I was like, what is happening in this moment? Because it was annoying. Yeah. She's a little needy. Well, the thing is, though, she's, she knows. She yeah. knows her, she knows her father's dead. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she doesn't want to be alone. She doesn't want to, you know, she's freaked. Out. Yeah. I think she knows mm-hmm. as soon as he didn't come home, she knew he yeah. was dead. Yeah. Because no matter what people say about him, no matter what his reputation is, he went to town to get me a birthday present and he wouldn't just not come home without mm-hmm. it. He wouldn't just yeah. not bring me my present because my birthday was always our special thing. Mm-hmm. And he was always, no matter what, he was always there and he always got me something good. So if he's not here, he must be dead. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm putting a lot more into these characters than the movie did. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. People are going to watch this movie like, what? <laughs> That didn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, you know, I think she's—I I do think she knows she 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 knows that something bad has happened, so she doesn't want to be alone right now. Totally. So then she should have just gone in with him instead of watching yeah. stand there and watching him walk into the cave and yeah. just call after him yeah. the whole time. Yeah. But so she follows him into the cave and she starts yelling out for dad louder and louder and a the noise knocks a stalactite loose and nearly kills her. But Mike pulls her out of the way just in time. At this point, I wrote down BTW. Mike and Carol <laughs> were the Brady's names on the Brady Bunch. Oh. Just, it's just pure coincidence, but I... <laughs> Just noticed that <laughs> they find a skeleton, but it's a, you know it's a skeleton. It's it's not a fresh body, so keep looking. And then they come to like a little bit of a ledge, and Carol falls. I put in quotes falls. He says, "Mike, I can't see," and then jumps. <laughs> jumps off the ledge into a web in quotes that is clearly a net, like mm-hmm. a sort of net that would be under the trapeze artists at the circus. Yeah. And then there is a noise. Someone is playing a theremin. <laughs> it's supposed to be the noise of the spider coming. And I'm like, wait, is this part of the soundtrack or is this the noise that they're hearing? It's a, it's clearly a theremin. It's so screechy. And then, but then there is a sort of a roaring also. And at 14 minutes and 50 seconds, we have spider sign. <laughs> and then they climb through the net and run away. And the the spider in this movie is just a live spider. Yeah, it looks great because it's an with, actual spider. <laughs> yeah, and there's and like they like they did in Tarantula, they just use a lot of some forced perspective and some uh, split screen mm-hmm. and a couple of different effects. And here in the, so in in the cave, whenever we have like a long shot where we're seeing a bunch of cave, a bunch of stalactites and stalagmites, what I think they have done is taken a still photo. I mean, I know they've taken a still photo, but I think they've just cut out parts of it and put it directly in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And then we see the people through the cutout parts. Because this is a, a an effect technique that people use sometimes, but it's often done a little better than this. Rather than using some sort of blue screen or chroma key or double exposure or any of that kind of stuff, you just actually put the physical object in front of the camera in such a way that it looks like it's a much bigger thing, or it looks like it's in the background or part of it's in the foreground and part of it's in the background. The reason I say this is because, well, partly that's just how it looks, but also there's a part where later where Carol has stepped sort of through <laughs> part of the wall. Her there, There's... Part of the thing that should be behind her that is in front of her because she's leaned too far to the left. (laughs) And so a piece of the cave that should be behind her is now in front of her because they fucked up. (laughs) But they get away from the spider and then we cut to they're in one of their houses with the teacher and their parents and they're examining the piece of silk rope. And they're having trouble believing the story. 
Yeah, but we have another uh, my son doesn't lie moment yep. here. Yep, another dad supporting his son. Yeah. So that's that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we call the sheriff? He's already been told and he didn't believe. So the, the teacher, Mr. Kingman, calls the sheriff himself and points out to the sheriff that uh, Spider or no, Mr. Flynn is still missing. So And then the sheriff fucking lies to him. Because he says, oh, yeah, I've already got a, a search party. Uh, of course. Of course he's still missing. I've got a search party. <laughs> got a search party out looking for him. And then he kind of covers the phone. And he's like, hey, gather up some guys and make a search party and go out and look for that guy. <laughs> so fuck him. <laughs> but the teacher seems to be believing the spider story because so, he's like, you better get some. Uh, oh, and he's like, and, and, and get the rifles. And he says, oh, you better get some DDT instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, which... Uh, are you familiar with DDT? I just assumed it was some sort of pesticide or something, some sort of bug killer. It is, but it's uh, terrible. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I'm Jesus. I was trying to look up what it actually stands for, but it is a mouthful. <laughs> That's what she said. Dichlorodiphenyltrichlorothane. It was banned in the U.S. in 1972 because it's so oh, bad. But some countries, some countries outside the United States, still use DDT to control mosquitoes that spread malaria. Hmm. It, it it just has it has adverse environmental effects. Oh, okay. And potential human health risks. But my mom has told me how the Trucks used to go down the street spraying DDT, I guess, to get the mosquitoes. And the kids would run down the street following the truck. She would do this as a child. Sort of running through the clouds of poison that the truck is spewing into the air. So, uh, yeah, and you, in uh, old cartoons, whenever they got some bug spray, it always says DDT real big on the mm-hmm. spray canister that they're using. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a insecticide, but it's a very dangerous and toxic one that we don't use anymore. So at the cave, there's a big DDT truck pulls up and wants to know, what are we trying to kill? I got to know to get the percentages. He mm-hmm. usually uses only like, a, what, two or three percent, something like that. And they're like, better yeah. make it 50 percent. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So for some reason, even though the sheriff doesn't believe the spider story at all, he has still called pest control and gotten the truck out there. Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Everybody climbs down to the crashed truck and then into the cave and yeah, there's some Philo shit here because they've brought the teenagers along. But he did say we need the kids to come along to show us where to find stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they probably shouldn't be there, these these children. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the sheriff and the kids and Mr. Kingman and um, the exterminators and the sort of impromptu posse search party that was gathered up all go down there. And they're wondering if Flynn is still alive. And the teacher explains how spiders feed. He might, mm-hmm. he might be alive because it might have just stunned him and wrapped him up in silk and then wait till later to suck all the fluids out of him. <laughs> so maybe he's still alive. And then Kingman notices there's no wildlife in the cave Except that a bat immediately appears. Yeah. To show that he's wrong. So he shoots yeah, it. Yeah, the sheriff decides sure. to shoot the bat immediately. Which don't shoot things in caves. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> the teacher's like, Yeah, better put that down. It might have rabies. So then he not only puts it down, but takes the trouble to bury it. Yeah. While they're supposed to be looking for a guy who may be dying. <laughs> and then there's a scream, Carol found dad so yeah not just, not only did they find that dad is dead but carol's the one that found him and then there's another skeleton just hanging out a little bit behind him and dad has been uh sort of mummified desiccated all the fluids have been sucked out of him by the spider and then the, the cop is such an insensitive douche nozzle <laughs> after this because he doesn't even like He's just so insensitive. He doesn't even care that it's her dad and that he's dead. Mm. No one does. No, the sheriff's a the sheriff's a dick pretty much throughout the film. Um, because he, he's still he's still not convinced there's a spider. 
So he's telling them to fill out the take. They're taking out the body, and he's like, "Yeah, tell the coroner, make out the coroner's report." It's weird about the coroner's report because the coroner needs to fill out the coroner's report, but he's telling him what to tell the coroner, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, "And for the cause of death," and the teacher says, "Spider," and the sheriff's <laughs> like, "Cause of death unknown," and he chastises the the teacher. You eggheads jump to conclusions. I wrote something about the web. Yeah, everyone starts going like and getting on the web to spray the pesticides, yes. which was stupid. Yeah. And but as soon as the sheriff sees the web, he changes his tone immediately. Mm-hmm. He turns around and somebody's and heads back the other way and somebody's like, Yeah, hey, just catch the spider sheriff. He's like, Shut the fuck up, get that DDT. <laughs> Gas masks on, spray the whole cavern. And the the exterminators climb out onto the web to spray, which doesn't yeah. Not a good idea. Make any sense whatsoever. It seemed, yeah, totally unnecessary. And the spider screams and approaches. <laughs> and the bang bang does no good. And spider is walks past the postcard, I wrote, like the locusts. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote, explain postcards to the kids. Aww. You see, kids, in the <laughs> old days, when you went somewhere... Maybe you didn't have a camera or your camera had a limited number of pictures it could take. So if you wanted to show people where you'd been, you would buy a postcard, a card you could send in the post or the mail to show people where you had been. And it would have a picture of the place that you had been. Greetings from Carlsbad Caverns. Wish you were here. Mm -hmm. You could get them everywhere. Yep, You would send these through the mail to your family or friends, or maybe just collect them for yourself to remind you of the places you had been. Because you didn't have a Mm -hmm. pocket computer on you at all times that you could take as many (laughs) pictures as you wanted of whatever you wanted. And send to whoever you want. Right in that moment. Instantly send them to whoever <laughs> yeah. you wanted. You used to have to get a postcard, walk to the post office uphill in the snow, buy a stamp, <laughs> and put it on that card, and then write the address on the back of the card <laughs> and oh, give it yeah. to the postal worker. I actually, one of my most favorite teachers ever was one of my teachers in the eighth grade was my eighth grade science teacher. He would, at the beginning of the year, get a list of students who would like postcards from like his travels and stuff. And like whoever wanted it, you didn't have to do it or whatever, but you just like, you know, write down if you wanted a postcard and he would send and he would send us postcards from like different countries and stuff. He was such a cool teacher and he uh, was one of my favorites. Oh, that's nice. That's my postcard experience. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. So anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that it's just a postcard of Carl's Bad Caverns or at least a still photo. <laughs> Maybe not literally a postcard, but the spider walks in front of this picture of the cave and one of the deputies gets caught in the web and loses his gas mask mm-hmm. and yells for help. And the spider looks like it's dead, but it's too late for the deputy. He's already mortally wounded the deputy. Mm-hmm. Everyone leaves the cave and Kingman offers to speak to Carol's mother, but Carol says that she can do it. He asks, says, would it be better if I spoke to your mother first? And she's like, no, no, I can, I can tell her. But that's very, not, that's very considerate of him, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a bad guy. Turns out to be a dumbass. In his own way, he's as much of a dumbass as the sheriff is. He just presents himself as a non-dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carol realizes that she dropped the box with the bracelet in it. But we can't go back right now because the place is full of gas. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff and the and Mr. Kingman discuss the need to study the spider. The sheriff wants to just blow up the cave and seal it in right now. But Kingman's like, but we don't know why there's a giant ass spider. Maybe we should study mm-hmm. and try and figure that out in case, you know, there yeah. might be more. And put a stop to it. Right. We never do find out why there's a giant spider. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even speculate. Nobody at any point says something about, well, maybe the nuclear tests nearby or, you know, maybe this or maybe that. They never identify or even theorize on what or hypothesize on what caused this giant ass spider. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff says, well, you can haul the thing out of there and study it if you want, but it's not my job. Fucking sheriff. I'm going home. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So later, the spider's body has been moved into a building somewhere. We'll realize later, we'll figure out later that this is the rec room at the high school. Which, like, what? Yeah. Well, it's probably the only place big enough to store this thing. And he's talking to some, I guess it's another teacher. Not clear who this other guy is, but they seem to know some of the same people. Mm-hmm. Kingman is talking about how I had to hire movers from Riverdale to get it here. Yeah, house movers. <laughs> house movers. Yeah, house mover from Riverdale, which is Archie's hometown. hey So, uh, yeah, I guess they live near Riverdale. <laughs> Kingman spent <laughs> his own money to do it, and they're hoping the university will want to study the thing and maybe reimburse him, <laughs> buy it off of mm-hmm. it or something, or he's going to be out a lot of money. But there's a bunch of people in the room taking pictures and stuff. And they want to send a photo. And he's using some kind of instatic camera. So he tears off a photo right away and wants to send it to Professor Bergman at the university. We never hear from Professor Mm -hmm. Bergman. In a lot of these other movies, Professor Bergman would have come in later and would have told us a whole bunch of (laughs) sciencey shit. Would have told about a bunch of bullshit about what caused it. Had some sketches or something. Yeah, yeah. but no, we never hear from Professor Bergman. Apparently, both of these guys used to study under Professor Bergman. But man, better find out what caused this growth. Man does not find out what caused this growth. And then Frazier is the other guy's name. We find out when he gets hit by the. Gavanitis Gar Garvanus 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 reaction. The spider says smack. The spider twitches and smacks the guy. <laughs> Kingman's like, oh, that's just Garvoni's reaction. Uh, you know, when a dead when a dead body uh, still has a little kick in it. Yeesh. Turns out he's wrong because he's a dumbass. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Carol is crying at home and is much more upset about dad's death yeah. and her mother is because mom comes in this and she, seems uh, odd because uh, she's blaming herself because if he hadn't gone to get me the present this wouldn't have uh, happened but you know that's mm-hmm. that's it's understandable but it's not reasonable it's not true how could you have known there was a giant spider yeah but mom is just like uh don't care yeah she's like i loved him too now go do your homework yeah homework like your husband is dead. Yeah, she's expected to go to school the next day? I don't think so. I mean, it was the 50s, so maybe she's expected to just suck it up and go to school the next day. But, you know, mom, know. there's going to be funeral. In real life, well, in real life, there wouldn't be a giant spider. But in real life, there would be people bringing casseroles over already. And mom would be making funeral arrangements or somebody would be helping her make them or making them for her. And nobody would expect Carol to be at school the next day. Yeah, she literally says, forget about it, dear. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Mike called. He'll be at his father's theater later. He might called twice for you. But I guess you were crying so loud you couldn't hear. I don't know why she didn't get this message earlier, because she, uh, presumably she's been there in the house. That was weird. I was like, oh, my God, her mom's a robot. Yeah. She, she'll... <laughs> He'll be at his father's theater if you want to call him. So, yeah, fuck her mom. Yeah, <laughs> no, wa- no wonder dad drank so much. Because <laughs> <sighs> he was married to a cold fish. <laughs> wow. Carol calls the theater. Mike's outside the theater putting light bulbs on the, on the sign. And there, this is the one you thought it was the other movie. This has a poster. Oh, yeah, yeah. This has a poster for The Amazing Colossal Man as a coming attraction, which is another Burt I. Gordon movie. Mm-hmm. And then inside the theater, now showing, is Attack of the Puppet People, another yeah. Burt I. Gordon movie. Amazing Colossal Man came out the year before, War of the Colossal Beast, and Attack of the Puppet People came out this same year. In Attack of the Puppet People, 
which I have not actually seen yet. I just stumbled upon this in my research. Amazing Colossal Man is playing at a drive-in in that movie. So wow. internal continuity is not important in the B.I.G. cinematic universe. <laughs> the Burt I. Gordon cinematic universe. Because <laughs> in one movie, the other two movies are both movies. But then in one of the other movies, one of those first movies is also a movie. That's hilarious. That exists within the world of that movie. Uh, he's just a cheap ass bastard who will do product placement, <laughs> product placement for his own product in the uh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know if I liked him better. I just find it to be a cute in joke. But because he's like, yeah, some picture playing with about puppet people looks like pretty wild. You should go see it next week at this theater, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Carol wants to go to the cave now to look for her bracelet and mm -hmm. Mike resists, but then gives in and goes to borrow Joe's car, which I forgot how old Joe was until I saw him again. And I'm yeah. like, ah, <laughs> and he leaves work abruptly. He's just like, bye dad. I got a date. His dad, who was very supportive of him earlier, who deserves better <laughs> than for him to just abruptly leave work. <laughs> and then Joe, a grown ass man reluctantly agrees to loan the car as he heads to rehearsal at the school. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's after school now, but kids are still at the school trying to rehearse for the dance. And the drama club was practicing something. This gets really weird. Mm -hmm. The key, uh, But he says uh, the keys and Mike says, are in the glove compartment, of course. Where else? This the, what the keys are in the glove compartment. This is this. <sighs> How does Joe still have a car? Mm -hmm. Did people not steal cars in the 1950s? This is something that only happens in movies. There's another thing. It's not in this movie, but in other movies, you see somebody gets in somebody else's car, looks around, and then lowers the visor and the keys drop out because the owner just stores his car keys on top <laughs> of the visor. Nobody mm -hmm. in the history of automobiles has ever done that in real life. Because some random dude will come along and steal your car like they do in these <laughs> movies. I'm so, I don't know why this upsets me so much, but this is just <laughs> fuck. This is harder to believe than the existence of the giant spider that Joe just leaves <laughs> his keys in the glove compartment of his car. But also, Mike is kind of a dick about borrowing the car. Yeah. Well, he's kind of like, look, look, are we friends or what? He's like, uh, hey, remember when I loaned you the five dollars like six months ago? <laughs> he's like, yeah, the five dollars I paid you back. He's like, yeah, I'm just saying we're friends, right? Can I borrow your car again? He's like, again. He's like, hey, yeah. Well, like, look, are we friends or what? Are you gonna let me borrow the car or what? You fucking asshole. <laughs> to say he's a little aggressive about borrowing the car. Yeah. When he could have just said, look, Carol's father just died. She misplaced <laughs> the bracelet he just gave her. And we'd like to we'd like to go look. He should have guilted him into it more effectively. We'd like to go look for the bracelet that her dead father died getting for her. <laughs> Damn. Could we please borrow your car to do that? And then yeah. he'd say, Oh, of course, please. Yes. Don't and don't worry about filling it up with gas when you return it. No, please take my car. Mm -hmm. And go find the last thing your dead father ever bought for you. But instead, Mike's a dick about the whole thing. But there's a no admittance sign on the rec room because there's a giant fucking spider in there. Mm -hmm. But the dance is tomorrow night and the cats will have a blast if we don't swing solid. <laughs> um, I guess a blast used to be a bad thing because to me, having I a blast so. is a good, isn't having a blast a good thing, right? Yeah, totally. But apparently at some point having a blast was a bad thing because it sounds like he's trying to say they'll be upset if we don't play well, so we have to rehearse. Maybe the janitor will open the door for us. Hugo and Hugo, did you recognize him? No. No? No. Hugo is Hank Patterson, possibly best known for playing Fred Ziffel on... Petticoat Junction and Green Acres, but we have also seen him in Tarantula, Beginning of the End, Amazing Colossal Man, and although we have not watched it, he is also in Attack of the Puppet People. 
Wow. Bird Eye Gordon likes using him, and Bird Eye did not do Tarantula, but he is also in Tarantula. Dang. Nope. He was another guy to me. Yeah, we've seen him in three of the movies we've done. Nice. <laughs> and I've pointed him out every time we've seen him. <laughs> uh, oh, so Hugo tells him, you'll have to use the auditorium. Mm-hmm. And he says, we can't. The drama club's in there. And he's like, well, I can't. Nobody's allowed to go in there. And he's, one of the other guys says, Kingman didn't mean us. He meant squares. We're cool. <laughs> and Joe claims that we are only little kids. No, Joe. You're Joe. a grown-ass a fucking man. <laughs> you are 35 years old. Get but, out of here. But the movers are coming to get the uh, spider tomorrow, supposedly. They talk, they talk Hugo into opening the spider door, uh, opening the door. I mean, so Hugo's bad at his job. Yeah, it was weird. They start rehearsing, and we discover that Joe's <laughs> role in this little rock and roll combo <laughs> is the conductor. He has a baton, an orchestra conductor's baton, and he turns his back to where the audience would be. And shakes his ass around as he conducts the band. Mm. He is not going to, at some point, turn around and start doing vocals. <laughs> He's just going to conduct the band. That is not how rock and roll works. There he is. Uh, and he's old enough to have learned how to play an instrument by now. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's up. <laughs> uh, and he tells them we need to play loud enough to wake the dead and then looks anxiously over at the spider <laughs> thinking well okay maybe maybe not wake the dead and then for some reason the drama club comes in and somebody screams when they see the spider and then th- why has the drama club come in i am not sure they were uh, rehearsing in the auditorium and even though they've been let in well, i guess they heard the music there's still a sign that on the door saying no admittance and they were having their own rehearsal in another room Mm-hmm. I guess they heard the music and were like, why is there music in there when there's no admittance? I don't know. But then they all just start dancing mm-hmm. and the spider stirs. He uh, was awakened by the devil yes. music. But they're just playing an instrumental rock and roll tune. Joe is not going to sing. And then uh, somebody notices the spider's moving, moving and they scream and run. And the bass player continues playing for a moment and somebody joe or one of them turns around and grabs him yeah <laughs> and hugo locks the door and calls kingman but the spider breaks through the door and gets and gets hugo mm-hmm. then we cut to the sheriff getting ready for pete saunders funeral who presumably is the uh deputy that died when kingman calls kingman tells helen who apparently is his wife to stay in the house no matter what. She's like, but it's the baby just has an appointment at the doctor. And he tells her, no, stay in the house. But does not explain to her why. Mm-hmm. It's very, very weird. Yeah. He doesn't say the spider is still alive. Stay in the house. He just says, stay in the house no matter what. And then he goes, he goes to meet the sheriff at the school. Meanwhile, Mike and Carol drive up to the cave. And at the school, there's panic. And the sheriff shoots at the spider and then tries to run away from the spider into the gay mattress company. <laughs> Did you notice that's what the sign said? No, I didn't. Pretty sure it says gay mattress company. I, I just assume oh, they yeah. mean gay in the sense of happy. You know what they mean. And somebody's gotten <laughs> to the air raid siren and everybody is confused. And there's a minor car wreck. And even though there's an air raid siren going off, <laughs> nobody seeks shelter in basements. Nobody's like, oh, wait, is there a bombers coming or something? Is there, a, you know, they're all just kind of standing around looking confused until they see the spider and then they panic. And a woman's dress gets caught in the door of her car. And presumably <laughs> the spider gets her. We see her point of, you know, she's looking up at something, but we don't see mm-hmm. it. We don't see it get her because that would be too expensive. Because at no point, uh, well, I guess we do. I guess he has bothered to build one spider leg. Yeah, yeah. But not enough of the spider to show it actually attack anybody. Right. There's not a big enough yeah. puppet or prop or anything to show the spider actually get 
anybody mm-hmm. other than the one leg that whacked Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff is calling the Capitol, but he can't get through. The long distance lines are down. I guess the spider knocked him down. And uh, the spider's size seems inconsistent because it's yeah. it is larger than the buildings now. And Deputy Dave offers to drive to Springdale on his motorcycle to call the Capitol from there because I guess he thinks the mm-hmm. phones there might be working. Uh, yeah. He's going to call the governor from there and tell him he thinks it'll, he can get there in an hour, maybe less, and to send troops from, send troops for, tell him to send troops from Fort Brown and flamethrowers and artillery. Uh, he asks Kingman uh, and, and DDT, and he's like, no, nah, that just stunned him <laughs> the last time. So don't bother with the DDT. Mm-hmm. Then a little later, it cuts to wind blowing ominously through the streets, and there's a body and a baby covered in blood, a toddler. Aww. A toddler covered in blood just standing in the street crying. I know. Which was pretty horrific. I just wrote, oh, no, a baby. (laughs) I don't think we don't see them rescue the baby, though, do we? No. We don't see anybody go over and pick up the kid and just and address that his parents are probably dead or anything. (laughs) (laughs) They just talk about how, well, it's too early for the troops to have arrived. But I thought they would have sent some in with by Whirlybird. And some guy named Jake drives up with (laughs) like, where you go, Jake? He's like, I'm evacuating, Jake is evacuating because the spiders wrecked his house, but he has taken the time to strap a mattress and a trunk to the top of his car. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently the spider has wrecked his house, so he's getting out. But he went back into the wrecked house to get his mattress and his trunk. (laughs) And he says the spider's heading toward Maple Street, so Kingman runs Mm -hmm. off because that's where he lives. Yeah. And the spider does a Kong. We get a Kong window moment. He does a Kong to the to Helen and the baby. He looks through the window at Helen and the baby, and they see him and scream. And Kingman rams the spider with his car. Which now, look, the spider looks huge. With it's the as, little big, yeah, it's as big as the house. And the spider chases Kingman down the road out of town. And <laughs> he pulls off the road and hides behind the car. And the spider doesn't see him do this and just keeps going. (laughs) And he drives back home. The house is wrecked. And he calls the sheriff and tells them that the spider is heading along old Higgins Road. And we cut to Mike and Carol in the cave looking for the bracelet underneath the net, which is where she last Mm -hmm. remembered having it. And they notice a hole in the floor. Maybe it fell through there. Oh, look, there's a whole nother cave down there. Maybe mm-hmm. we can find a way down there. And they go further in. And these are more stills from Carlsbad. <laughs> this is where Carol reveals that it's by accidentally stepping in the wrong place, reveals that these are just cutouts in front of the camera. Yeah. And then she finds it. Yay! She, My bracelet. And then is like, oh, which, wait, which way out? Shit. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's this way. It's not that way. No, it is not. Evacuating Jake sees the spider heading towards the cave and turns around, <laughs> drives back to town. <laughs> and at the sheriff's office, one of the guys, find out later it's Sam, played by Mickey Finn, is playing with a spider on the de- a rather large spider on the a desk. A huge spider. Yeah, like, it's not like as big as the big one. Or, I mean, the the monster movie monster spider but a big spider yeah it's like a tarantula or or similar sized spider mm-hmm. and he's kind of poking around with a pencil well, why is why is there a spider just there on the <sighs> anyway the sheriff sees it and sweeps it off the desk and stomps on it and smooshes it presumably the actor does not actually stomp on the spider right but there is not a no spiders were harmed in the making of this picture disclaimer <laughs> So maybe he does. I don't know. But we don't actually see him stomp on it. And he's like, ah, there's enough spiders around here. The help ought to be here soon. He checks with the operator. He keeps calling the operator sister. Sister. He checks with sister about the long distance lines, which is just, you know, condescending and sexist. Kingman brings in Deputy Dave's desiccated corpse, (laughs) which he found. We don't see him find it. He just brings it in. 
found it on the corner like of Maple. carrying it over his shoulder yep, yep. <laughs> which was unnecessary <laughs> he could have just told them and then sent uh ambulance or something to pick up the body but i don't know he yeah he carries it in on his shoulder kind of flops it down on the desk found it on the corner of maple and horton he never made that out of town no help is coming and the sheriff is, doesn't i told you so i was all <laughs> for blowing up and sealing off the cave some time ago when the monster was still in there wasn't i kingman <laughs> and then jake comes running in and says you can do it right now because i saw the spider going in there sam you're the road foreman do you have enough dynamite and Sam's like, I can blow away half of that hill. Yeah, I got enough dynamite. <laughs> so uh, one of the guys that's hanging around, he's already been deputized. He deputized a bunch of people earlier. So can you hang out here and answer Simpson? Uh, he says, Simpson, can you, you're deputized. Can you hang out? He leaves this guy in charge while they go get some dynamite mm -hmm. and shit to blow up the rest of the cave. Right. Uh, and of course, he's down two deputies now. So he needs to have depu deputized. <laughs> Some of the citizens. Joe calls in to complain about Mike not returning his car. <laughs> and Simpson somehow puts some pieces together and he says, he tells him who had it mm -hmm. and calls Carol's mother and finds out that Mike and Carol went to the caves. You know, mm -hmm. Mike and Carol are lost at this point and they realize they're lost and they hit a dead end and there is writing on the wall. <laughs> George Weston's writing. Yep, George Weston lost April 9th, 1902. Dead. And a skeleton. And Carol blames herself, and Mike does not disagree. <laughs> She's like, it's uh, this is all my fault. And Mike's kind of like, oh, yeah, kind of is, because <laughs> he's a dick. I hated this part where she was like, in this part where she's saying that it's her fault and stuff, and she says that she can't do this, or like, her mom's going to worry, and I'm like, your mom didn't seem to give a fuck about your dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What do you suppose mom's thinking?" And he what says, oh. "No." She asks him, "What? But what do you suppose your mom's thinking?" And he says, "They wouldn't have told her. She's in the hospital having a baby, which is the first we have heard of this. Yeah, we've only seen his dad, and there's been no mention of his mother being in the hospital having a baby." <laughs> But yeah, nobody would have told her your son's missing. I don't know that anyone would know that he's missing yet anyway. Mm -hmm. They're kind of preoccupied with this giant fucking spider that's wrecking the town. Yeah. But yeah, I just found that really weird. But he says that dad's a pretty good Joe. He can take it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he means by my dad's a good guy. He'll be okay with the news that I'm missing and possibly dead. And yeah, this is where Carol's a new baby anyway. Yeah. But mom, Carol's mom will not be able to take it. Not after what happened to dad. But, but as you say, she seemed to take that pretty well. Uh, and then they're hungry and, and um, Mike remembers he had a candy bar. He's a candy. And then the spider growls. Uh, and I think it's just a guy making this sound effect. Yeah, it has to be. It kind of sounds like. A junior high kid auditioning for like a metal band. <laughs> a death metal. <laughs> rah, 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 yeah, yeah. Like you just like haven't quite figured out your scream yet. <laughs> like you're getting there, but you're just not quite there. Uh, yeah, because sometimes the creature's noise is made by taking a lion and a bear and something and mixing it together. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it's made by taking some kind of glove and running it down the strings of a bass or something or whatever. This is just somebody going, rah. Yeah. Everybody arrives at the cave with the dynamite and Carol, Carol's mom and Simpson are driving to the cave, but they're not there yet. And Mike and Carol find their way back to the web. So they get their bearings. This is where we got lost. It's this way. Carol gets stuck in the web and we hear the growl and the men are placing the dynamite and this time it will die. You know, they're not sure if this is going to kill it. And the teacher's like, well, but when, once we cut off its food supply, it, it's going to starve to death. So 
Mm-hmm. That's fine. And the parents arrive as boom goes the dynamite. And they're like, you just sealed them in. You got to get them back out. Uh. <laughs> and they're kind of like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You couldn't have gotten here two seconds earlier. It's like, it's going to take some doing days, even a week to dig them back out. But King was like, well, what about if that sort of shelf up there, if we go up there and dig straight down, can we get them down, get them out that way? And they're like, well, what what if the spider gets out? What if we dig a hole and the spider gets out? And then Kingman says, well, maybe he notices some electrical wires nearby and says, maybe we can electrocute the beast. With the power, power lines. line. Yep. In the cave, Mike is buried in the rubble. And uh-huh. Kind of makes his way out, and Carol, Carol, uh, she's in the rubble too, but she's still alive. And the spider is also buried in the rubble, but not dead. Mm-hmm. So they are dis- they're digging the hole, and they hit gravel, not gravel, gravel hit hit uh, granite. And Sam goes down with some dynamite and uh, to blow through the granite, scrambles back up the hole before it kills him. Mike and Carol hear the boom and, uh, well, they realize they're trapped. Yeah, they he- they're trying to head out the cave and like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> this was a cave entrance a minute ago. <laughs> they realize they're trapped, but then they hear the blast and start yelling for help. And the spider wakes up and everybody's yelling, we hear you were coming. Sheriff and Kingman consult with the power guy that has showed up about creating an electrical arc. Once the cable and the electrode arrive, they've discussed the plan earlier and they've called various people and they're going to bring the shit that they need. And they're going to make a big version of what we saw in the classroom at the beginning. So this is why I say it's Chekhov's electrical arc. If you show an electrical arc in the beginning of the movie, somebody needs to use it to kill a a tarantula by the end of the movie. (laughs) In the cave. The kids are trying to hide from the spider. Part of a ledge they're on crumbles and they reach the edge of the ledge and they're kind of stuck. We can't go back. Yeah, but he, he said, he's like, get on this ledge and the spider can't follow us. And I'm like, uh, sir, do you know how spiders work? Like, <laughs> Yeah, they'll climb along the side <laughs> of the wall and get you. Yeah, like what? So they, they end up trapping themselves on this ledge. And then the uh, but the dig- the diggers break through and they lower down a ladder and Kingman and the sheriff go down, and but they can't wait for the equipment. They just start running in and yelling out, "We should split up!" The sheriff says, "No, you should not." <laughs> the sheriff takes one of the rifles. Why? They already know these rifles are useless. Spider climbs down to photograph towards the kids, and then Kingman and the sheriff get the cables and start dragging those through the cave. It's a lot of cable they've got. Rather quickly, they've gotten it. They find the kids. <laughs> the spider is between Kingman and the sheriff and the kids. So uh, Kingman throws an electrode and a cable and rubber gloves over to Mike and tells you know sheriff to, all right, give him the signal. The sheriff yells, okay. Another guy yells, okay. Okay, guy on the pole where the power lines are flips a switch, turns the power on, and the spider is zapped, caught between the two electrodes, zapped by the electrical arc, and then is lowered down on a string? I don't know yeah, what, what the hell was happening this at this point with the effect. If the st- spider was being pulled by a string or was hanging on a string that was then dropped i don't i don't know what was happening in 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 real life in the effect that they were creating but the spider's clearly attached to a string at this point yeah. as it drops down into the caves yeah but they seem confident that it is dead and not just stunned again <laughs> And Carol's mom climbs down into the cave to see Carol. So she's finally showing some concern and emotions, I guess, because she can't wait for Carol to climb back up. She climbs down. Yeah. And Mike's dad comes down, too, because remember, his mother mm-hmm. is in the hospital having a baby. She probably has no idea that any <laughs> of this shit is happening. <laughs> the next day, 
she's going to be like, why hasn't anybody come to see the baby yet? And they're going to come in and go, you are not going to believe what happened. To, I had a baby. And they're like, never mind that. That's nothing compared to what we just did. People have babies every damn day. <laughs> but it's not every day. It's yeah, not every day you electrocute a giant fucking spider in Carlsbad Caverns. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the dad comes down, and both of the kids kind of apologize for all the trouble that they've caused. And uh, everyone climbs out. Kingman comes out the last. He's just making sure it was dead. And then the sheriff drops some more dynamite down in the hole and they run away before, and the dynamite goes boom. And we see a little bit of, uh, you know, debris falling in the cave and the spider laying there dead. And the end. The end of Earth versus the spider. The end. Spider die. Everybody die. Yes. Yeah. Not, really, it should just be like Carol and Mike. Wide threat. <laughs> As in Earth versus the Flying <laughs> Saucers, for example, where where flying saucers are attacking the entire Earth. There is a not exact remake of this. Oh, really? So in 2001, Cinemax made a series of movies, TV movies, paying tribute to the films of American International Pictures. And what they did was basically just took the title of various AIP pictures and made new movies with that title. So they weren't full remakes. They were just sort of inspired by because the plot of Earth vs. the Spider 2001 is a completely different it's not about a giant spider, but it has the same title. Uh -huh. So they did it. I'm not sure how many they made, but they did a number of these films that had the titles of old cheap ass movies from American International Pictures. Honeybee, thoughts, feelings? Um, I mean, I don't think that it was like terrible. You know, I thought Tarantula was better. I I thought it was kind of boring in a lot of senses of like, it's just not very like, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, this is a great movie. It's just kind yeah. of like, eh, it was all right. Yeah. I've already seen it really. Whatever. I wasn't impressed with it. I didn't really care either way. I just like, eh. Um, yeah, I agree with all that. I think just sort of judging on a curve that based on Bert I. Gordon's previous work, this wasn't this was an improvement mm -hmm. oh yeah totally uh, better than definitely better than the beginning of the end oh my and anything really is better than the beginning of the end and better than the amazing colossal man which i could say the same thing about that film <laughs> they were both awful i mean i could tell where the split screen was with the spider and everything, but I'm really looking for that stuff. But yeah. I think it was all done much better, right? Than it was, than any of that stuff was done in the other movies. So I think he learned a little, I guess, and got a little better. Totally, Although all this stuff has made one movie on top of the other. You know, he was yeah churning this stuff out. Yeah. So. I did like it better. Yeah. Obviously, I created an elaborate backstory in my head for a lot of this stuff that gives the movie more depth than it actually has. <laughs> I guess I just was yeah. kind of... Not that she gave a great performance, June Kenny as Carol, but I just felt a lot of sympathy for her situation that nobody in the film was feeling for her. Mm-hmm. I found her, yeah, I found her entire situation to be very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So. There you go. There you go. Uh, I guess I'll give it a, a two and a half. It's still a bad movie. Yeah, I'm going to say same. This has also been featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000. I think most Bird Eye Gordon movies showed up on Mystery Science Theater 3000. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Earth versus the Spider 
Let us know what you thought. Email us at monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com or send us a voice message, anchor.fm slash MMFTG. Look for us on all the socials, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Uh, just look for Monster Movie Funtime Go. It should pop up. But the links to all that stuff are on our Anchor page. Hey, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Uh, next will be Varen the Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch it ahead of time, here's the thing. It's on Amazon Prime, but that version is the Americanized version. You can find a Japanese version, original Japanese version on archive.org. I didn't see it available anywhere else, so dig into that archive. Uh, Until next time, keep calm and take shelter in basements. Don't miss you, science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mmftg.